Hey there, it's Jenna. While researching and interviewing for this podcast, I came across a lot of powerful work from people who were as moved by Sakia's story as I was. So I'm using this bonus episode to share A Libation for Sakia, a poem written and read by Kim Pearson, the College of New Jersey journalism professor I introduced in episode two. In addition to tracking the media coverage of Sakia's death, Kim poured her raw emotions into this piece. I found it powerful and truthful about the challenges of existing as a black girl of any orientation who dares to claim her bodily autonomy. I hope it moves you too. A libation for Sakia. Once again, it is not safe to be a girl, much less a woman on a street late at night or at any time of day who does not want to service any man who happens to feel like telling her to service him, especially if she is audacious enough to say, you don't have a thing that I want. God made me a lesbian. And I know to some of you such a statement is blasphemy. And maybe you think that anyone who says that gets what she deserves. But put that aside for a minute, because that is another poem. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what she says or who she is if she says no to the kind of man I am talking about. And can we say a prayer, not just for all the baby dykes who find themselves on some street late at night or at any time of day, but for all of their sisters and mothers and aunts and their uncles that nobody talks about that would be their aunt if she had money for the operation? Not to mention the pretty little straight girls who thought the thing to say when they wanted to stop the dude on the bus talking smack was, don't be talking to us, we are together. And Lord, forgive me for my language, but I don't know what other word to use but the F word for what it is that some of our men seem to believe they can do with or to or on the sisters or anyone who is just too much or not enough like a sister for their taste. Because sometimes you ought to hear about what happens to women with a fondness for short hair and flannel, no matter who they think about sleeping with. And sometimes you ought to think about what happens to men who are judged to be a little too light in their loafers, no matter who they think about sleeping with. They say this young lady's name was Sakia and she was only 15 and some grown men on a street in Newark decided she would be their toy, except that she and her girlfriend said they didn't want to play. And there was a night and now she is dead. And I know somebody is saying that she should have been home in her bed at 3.30 in the morning, that a 15-year-old girl had no business on the street, even if she was with friends. And being a mother, I would agree with you. But 3.30 in the morning is only tangential to the point. And that is a completely different poem because just before Christmas, it was Nyjah. And she was 47 and nobody knows exactly what happened. At least nobody is saying because somebody does know. But Nyjah was, you know, that way. Born a he, but really a she. And they say they didn't, she didn't care who knew. They don't know what happened to her, but they can sure tell you that. That night, she accepted a ride from one of Philadelphia's finest, and not long after that, they found her lying in the street with a blow to her head, a fatal wound, which is why I don't understand when the young girls don't know that there is nothing good about the man who tells you that he wants to hit it, which is very close to the English translation of the German word thicken to strike, from which I am told the F word is derived. It is not a compliment, and it is not about you. 
You are just an enclosure for the whole he wants to use at that moment. And any real man with a fondness for women wouldn't talk to you that way. I mean, can you say a prayer for all the fatherless men who think that what was made for love should be used for terror? Can we say a prayer for all the motherless men who never were never cared for and never learned how to care? And can we talk about how when the victim has a name like Sakia or Niza, the police are not always aggressive, but maybe these days the cop reporter can do something with, you know, the sex angle. Otherwise, a dead black girl or woman on any city street is what they call a little murder, especially if the perp is likely to be black and it happens late at night or at any time of day. I don't know what it will take before we care what happens to a girl on a street late at night or at any time of day. Maybe you would have to be who I was, 14 years old and walking on a street in my neighborhood in the bright sunshine when a boy that I thought I knew grabbed hold of me and said, I'm going to straighten you out. While his friends egged him on and laughed, maybe you had to be me later on that summer, going to the store just two blocks away and around the corner, dressed in nothing more exciting than a t-shirt and some casual slacks. And every day this guy at the car wash would try to talk to me and I would keep walking and not talk back, just as by the way I was taught. Until one day he grabbed me, held my arm until it hurt, and started screaming at me about who did I think I was and how dare I walk away from him. And nobody would help me because they, he acted like I belonged to him. It was his boss who pulled me off of pulled him off of me. And he apologized and said I wouldn't have to worry about him ever again. And I said, thank you. I was raised to be polite. And then he asked me how old I was. And I said I was 14 and he smiled and I was on my way and he bided his time. And as soon as I was legal, he propositioned me. And all this happened in broad daylight. And so in my telling you this much, you do understand that there is much that I will not yet say, which is why I say it can happen to any woman at any time of day. And does it matter that even though I was born unambiguously a woman, married a man, had children, live in the suburbs, went to college, that I do understand that I am secure and I am Niza if I meet the wrong person on a street late at night or at any time of day. And if it is my body broken in the street, will you care? And then what will you do? After Broad and Market was co-produced by the WNET Group's Chasing the Dream and LWC Studios. I'm Jenna Flanagan, the lead reporter, producer, and host. Aaron McIntyre is the executive producer. Daniel Greenberg is the executive in charge of production. Juleka Lantigua is the series editor. Paulina Velasco is the managing editor. Shant Alexander is the associate producer. Cindy Rodriguez and Chelsea Rugg are producers. Michelle Baker is an associate producer. Elizabeth Nakano mixed this episode. Kate Gallagher is the fact checker. Kojin Tashiro is lead sound designer. Cover art designed by Karen Brazell. Original mural art by Tatiana Bazalizade. The legal consultants are Marta Castang and Matt Clark. For Chasing the Dream, Eugenia Harvey is the executive producer. Maria Stoyan is the senior producer. Catherine Carpenter is a producer, and Shannon Damiano is the production assistant. Audience engagement provided by Lindsay Horvitz. 
Major funding for Chasing the Dream is provided by the JPB Foundation with additional funding from Sue and Edgar Wackenheim III.